Welcome to Living Water Radio. Deepfake technology is blurring the line between what we see and what we believe. Today we will consider the deep love of God that reveals all that is true. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Rev. Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister focusing on ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I serve Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the 114 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Check out our first Living Water radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. It seems like we are in kind of a middle world in the life of our global pandemic. Millions of people have been vaccinated and are practicing socially responsible behavior to lower the curve. The curve is lowering, and we have moved from the purple tier to the red tier to the orange tier rapidly. But there are spikes around the country as the result of irresponsible behavior and, to a lesser degree, variants of the virus. Parts of Europe are going back into lockdown. But here, things are starting to open up, cautiously. As I've often quoted our governor saying, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but we're still in the tunnel. We wonder if we are on our way out of the pandemic or if this is just another disappointment looming. We encourage one another by saying, stay positive and test negative, hoping for the best. I saw a clip by a comedian being interviewed on TV yesterday who said, 2020 was my favorite year. I mean, the government told us that UFOs were real, and it didn't draw any interest. Aliens are real, and we said, oh, uh, do they have COVID? How do we get consumed by one thing and ignore other things of importance right in front of us? I think that at least part of the answer is that we sometimes will only pay attention to that which immediately affects us, while ignoring that which ultimately does. You may have seen artificial intelligence technology on the news making someone look and sound like Tom Cruise. You may also have seen similar technology used to animate old still pictures and make them look alive. The app uses what it calls deep nostalgia technology to make faces in old photos blink, turn, smile, twitch, look around, and so on. One of my relatives on my mother's side of our family has done it on a family page on Facebook for faces in very old family photos. A moving photo somehow makes the image look more contemporary, less like a stiff, distant image and more like someone you know. It's fascinating to watch and creepy at the same time. Fascinating because movement seems to give us more clues into what a person might really have been like, and creepy because it feels a little like animating the dead in a way that old movies are not. Movies were made to move and are familiar artifacts from a certain era. Photos, especially very old photos, were not. You remember the newspaper and the Harry Potter books and films, The Daily Prophet? I remember a couple of years after they were released, seeing a story in the news about a computer in development that was to be very thin and on which news stories would appear. The stories would also update and change constantly. The photos in The Daily Prophet were animated. We could use video to accomplish the same thing, but 
video uses a lot of computing power. Perhaps photo animation will be an intermediary step toward our own daily profit. Maybe a better analogy from Harry Potter, and a more cautionary one, would be the Mirror of Erised. Harry discovered a room with a full-length mirror on a stand, in which a person would see not only their reflection, but a reflection of their deepest longings. Erised is desire spelled backwards. For Harry, that was the animated image of him with his loving parents, whose love for him had led them to give up their lives so that he might live. That sacrificial love part of Harry's backstory, by the way, gave rise to a Christian takeaway from the series. In fact, the inscription on Harry's parents' gravestone was from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter, starting at the 20th verse, where Paul writes this about Jesus overcoming every enemy. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, but each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ, then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The inscription on Harry's parents' gravestone was the verse, The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Once Harry has found the mirror, he sneaks into the secret room as often as he can to gaze at himself, flanked by the images of his loving parents for hours at a time. His mentor, the headmaster Albus Dumbledore, knows this and advises Harry to stop looking at it, that the mirror can give neither truth nor knowledge, and it cannot bring happiness. Dumbledore observes that people have wasted away in front of it or been driven mad, without knowing if what they are seeing is real or possible. Paul mentions a mirror at the end of his chapter about selfless love, 1 Corinthians 13, starting with the 11th verse. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. This selfless, self-sacrificing love is the love which with Christ has loved us. It is seen most clearly on the cross, where Jesus defeated sin, death, and the power of the devil with his death. His life wasn't taken from him. He gave it. Jesus died for us so that we may have eternal life. We live now in that in-between time. Death has been defeated in Jesus Christ. We die with Christ in our baptisms, and because of that, we will rise to be with Christ in the last judgment. What we can know now is limited. We see in a mirror dimly. Now we see things as we are. But in the world to come, we will see things as they are, face to face. 
Meanwhile, we are in that middle world time, in the already but not yet kingdom of God, between the first coming of Jesus and the second. What is necessary for our redemption, for our salvation, has already been accomplished and made known in Jesus Christ. We don't live by the things we see or by the desires of our heart. We don't live by the appearances of the deep fakes and lies of the now-defeated sin, death, and power of the devil, all the forces that defy God. They are defeated in Jesus Christ. We live in the deep love of God, the deep, selfless love of God that models for us who we are in the power of God, the streams of living water within us that is the Holy Spirit, the personal, ongoing presence of God for good in the world. We are wholly and reliably dependent on God. In his letter to the Romans, Paul writes of the depths of God's ways. In the 11th chapter, starting at the 33rd verse, Paul says, Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given him a gift? who has given a gift to him to receive a gift in return. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The deep, selfless, sacrificial love of God is shown on the cross, not because we are God's children, but because we were not. In Paul's letter to the Romans, the fifth chapter, uh, starting at the sixth verse, Paul writes, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we still were sinners, Christ died for us. How can we respond? Pray with thanksgiving today and open your heart to receive the gift of faith and seek baptism. Or, if you have been baptized, seek to live it. Be guided by God's deep love alone. Open your mind to the leading of the Holy Spirit, to engage with God in the Bible, to seek forgiveness and a clean heart, and to see God's presence in all things all around you. Engage your strength as God's strength to endure and bear witness to God's deep love in overcoming all things for you and for all people, that all may be saved from the deep fakes of this world by and for the deep love of God. Today, let's remember to pray for those who provide essential services and for those who seek the common good. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. 
When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders, pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home. Practice social distancing. Wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.